Hi there, welcome to Claim the Stage, a podcast about public speaking and speaking up. If you struggle with saying what you want to say on stage, on camera, or in conversation, you're in the right place. I'm Angela Lucier, your host. I'm also an author, professional speaker, and CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women. If you want to practice the tips you learn on this podcast, you can check out a Speaker Sisterhood club as a guest for free. Learn more at speakersisterhood.com. Wow. 200 episodes. I don't even know. I was watching the first episode of, and then, what was that? What's the new Sex in the City show called? And then it, I don't, and just like that, that's what it's called. I think that's such a weird title, but... I watched the first episode this morning and <laughs> I don't even know what to say about the show. <laughs> I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but it's not the same show. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, but anyway, I was researching one of the cast members who is playing a friend or a co worker of Carrie's. And saw that she used to be on Grey's Anatomy and she was on for like 230 episodes. And I was like, oh my God, that's such a long time. It was like 11 seasons. It's like 230 episodes. And I thought, wow, like what's that like to be part of a project for that long and to watch a character change and to be a human being playing that character, also experiencing your own changes and shifting priorities and just you know the way that life is like any doing one thing for 11 years you sh you change a lot in that process and for me recording my 200th episode I would say I'm a much different person than I was recording episode one five years ago I'm just gonna make one more television show reference because that's what I do now I watch tv <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the show A Million Little Things. It's on ABC. And I, I started watching it last year on Hulu. And I, I like it. It's not great. It's not like the best writing or acting, but it's just, it's good. It's a story about a bunch of friends in their 40s and navigating relationships and parenthood and, you know, life and death. And one of the characters has a podcast. And I just laugh when I watch her record her show because she's usually recording alone in her apartment or she takes her microphone places and will just like record at a friend's living room. And she's just talking into the mic and sharing secrets and talking about her life. And I'm like, I've been doing that for so many years. It's it's such a unique um, experience to be able to just sit in a room alone and then have access to so many people. It not, you know, asynchronously and people from all over the world. I think it's so beautiful and weird. <laughs> it's like, I know radio was invented a while ago, so this isn't really brand new technology, but it's still amazing to me that you can do this and have access to so many people. Even after 200 episodes, I'm like, wow, I can have a thought today and then tomorrow I can record it and someone in Poland or Australia or down the street can hear that and it might help them in some way. And that's like the special, special 
benefit of the internet. <laughs> this is this has all been a commercial for the internet. <laughs> so anyway, I, as I mentioned in my last episode, I've been watching Breaking Bad. Okay, one more TV reference. I've been wa- I've been watching Breaking Bad, and I just finished it a couple days ago, and. I'm still thinking about it. I've spent every free moment I've had after putting Max to bed or just getting some time to myself reading articles about that show (laughs) and like watching behind the scenes stuff and interviews with the cast and the creators because the show is so amazing. So I just have to say again, if you're looking for something really different and what's different for me, because I don't usually watch shows about drugs and violence, but, um, if you just want to see something that's such an amazing work of art, watch that show. It's like, I'll definitely be watching the whole series again. It's so, like I said, a masterpiece. Okay. We're going to get away from TV for five minutes. Um, I made a list. (laughs) I was trying to think of all the things I learned this year and all the things that I have been focusing on and what I want to change. And, At some point this year, I started to become really aware of the story I've been telling myself for a really long time, which is that there's something wrong with me that I need to fix. Like I'm not, um, like I'm like, I think last year I talked about on the podcast being a workaholic and being codependent. And so I wanted to fix that about myself. I wanted to use work as um, a way to make money and, and feel valuable and do something that helps people, not as a way to numb any anxiety or pain I had. And in understanding why I might be codependent or be a people pleaser, I kept feeling like, well, what's wrong with me that I do this? And at some point this year, I totally completely changed that narrative about myself from what's wrong with me to there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just a human being having a human experience. And I can't even tell you the amount of weight that came off my shoulders and the relief I felt that I'm just a person, like I'm just a regular person. (laughs) And sometimes I do things to cope with life, you know, to try to just like figure out each moment. I sometimes resort to old survival skills and sometimes I, I eat the donut. You know what I mean? It's like, there's nothing wrong with me. And so sometimes when I notice myself get into this mindset of like, why can't I do this? What's why, why do I keep messing this up? I have to go back to my mantra of I'm fine. I'm actually fine. And I'm a human who's trying to figure out how to solve a problem here. And that's really it. And that might not sound like a huge shift to you. You might be thinking like, so like, okay, yeah, but you still like, don't you want to be a lifelong learner? Don't you want to continue to grow from your mistakes? And, and like, I believe in all of those things. Like I could, I always want to continue to own my mistakes and hear other people's perspectives and listen and grow and do all of those things. And at the same time, I'm fine. And I would guess that you're fine too. So I made this list of 12 ways to be awesome in 2022. And I decided to use that kind of positioning because 
I just want to keep focusing on being fine and being awesome. I mean, like what's better than fine? Awesome. So I'm going with awesome. I'm awesome. (laughs) And I'm going to continue to be awesome (laughs) in 2022. So I was thinking about the different decisions I made this year that made me feel good and things I did, like, I guess my own version of self-care that might go outside of the typical box of self-care. And again, if you've listened to past episodes, you know, I have a problem with this self-care terminology. It's just like, I don't know. It just pisses me off to even say those two words together, but it's like a version of just being good to myself. I guess that's what I'm getting at. So one thing I noticed was if I was ever on, it's mostly happens on Instagram. I would, uh, notice I'd be looking at someone's, you know, story or reel or something and start to feel sad or start to compare myself to them or start to feel like I wasn't working hard enough or I would start creating a story about not being creative enough to do what they're doing and being behind and not being savvy enough or not having enough time to think of the kinds of ideas that they're executing on Instagram. And when I started to notice myself doing that, it would sort of ruin my day. Like it would take me down for a couple hours and put me in a pretty negative headspace. And so I decided to stop like torturing myself and I just stopped following anybody who made me feel that way. And it's not because they're bad people or they're doing things that were making me angry. It was just the way that I responded to them. It's like, why do I keep putting myself through this? (laughs) I don't need to follow these people. So I unfollowed a lot of people. I think I only follow like 150 people now on Instagram. And if I ever find myself feeling any kind of negativity or like the negative thoughts show up, I just unfollow them immediately. (laughs) And it's so empowering. It's like delete, mute, goodbye. And you just don't have to deal with it anymore because we create our own little social media universe, you know? And there's also a part of me that's just always considering leaving Instagram altogether. And yet I still haven't done that, but this is like my way of, I think, clo- slowly exiting the, the platform. So I wanted to share that this is one way to feel awesome and be awesome in 2022 is to stop following people who make you feel bad about yourself. Even if they're your competitor, even if they're in your industry, even if they give information that you find helpful from time to time, create a Google alert for the keywords you need to follow up on what's going on in your industry and stop following people who make you feel bad about yourself. It's really not that important. And if it messes with your head, it's not doing anything positive for you. If you find yourself comparing, unfollow. If you find yourself feeling envious of what they're doing, unfollow. And But if you find people who inspire you and who make you laugh or make you think, keep those people on your list. I was just introduced to Miss Excel. She sells Microsoft Excel courses, which you would think like that sounds pretty boring, but she does it in such a fun way. She's so energetic. She's like, she loves to dance and she lip syncs and she's got an account on Instagram and TikTok. And I just think she's so fun. She just looks like she's really enjoying her job. So I follow her because I like the way that she makes me feel when I see her pop up on my screen. I'm like, oh, she's like really into this. And I like when people are into what they're doing. So I continue to follow her. So we got that one, number one. Okay, stop following people who make you feel like shit. Great. (laughs) The second way to be awesome in 2022 is to stop watching, reading, or listening to the news for at least a month. I don't know if you already do this, but 
I do it pretty frequently. And when I find myself watching or reading the news, it makes me um, so anxious and angry and scared that it's hard to do much of anything after that. And it's not because I'm trying to hide my head in the sand. It's because what I've realized is a lot of the stuff that shows up in the news is stuff that I I can't change or I'm not going to put the effort into changing. So if my role is not crucial to the success of whatever it is that's being reported, then do I need to be involved in the sadness of it? I don't think so. But, but can I spend that time that I would be spending scrolling or listening to the news, getting involved in something that matters in my community instead? And that's where I feel like I could affect some change. I could make a difference and my energy will be for good. So I don't know, one thing I do is I'm part of the buy nothing group in my community on Facebook. And I like to post things that I no longer need for people who may need them, but can't afford them. Or also subscribe to the philosophy that we can share things instead of always buying brand new and putting things in the landfill and just, you know, getting rid of things that could be useful to somebody else. And being part of Buy Nothing is a nice way to feel like I'm, I'm part of the community. I'm part of a group of people who are all trying to help each other and we're doing it through sharing. And that's like one thing, one small thing. But I also have a two-year-old who <laughs> who is awesome. But if you have ever had a two-year-old, you don't have very much energy at the end of the day. So I try not to get involved in things that um, will negatively affect my day, like watching or reading the news. And I try to put my energy into things that do matter, like being part of this group. So if you can think about the amount of hours you spend listening or reading the news and what you could put that time into instead, that actually feels like a contribution. I think that's a great way to be awesome in 2022. And it can be in any way you want. It could be, you know, walk dog for a neighbor who had a surgery recently. It could be like, cleaning up your neighborhood, you know, like I go for walks sometimes. I'm like, why is there so much litter, you know, and like just taking a trash bag out and picking up trash. Like there's so many things that we can be doing that will result in feeling good and feeling connected versus just feeling like there's no hope left because the news tells us that every day. So that's the second thing. The third is to create your own rule book for relationships. And this was one that I think really solidified for me this year as I think a lot of people could probably agree we have really redesigned our lives because of the pandemic and the amount of time we spend at home and the lack of events and you know we don't quite have the social calendars we once did and so it's given us a chance to actually catch our breath on that front and ask ourselves how am I spending my time who am I spending my time with Where do I find myself going all the time and do I enjoy it? (laughs) And what do these relationships mean to me? And if you haven't been asking yourself these questions, hopefully you just wrote those down so you can, (laughs) because I think they're really good questions to ask. And I noticed that my my social circle got a lot smaller during the pandemic and it didn't make me feel disconnected. It made me feel more connected to the people that I continue to communicate with frequently. And also it gave me a chance to think like, 
what role, what real role do I want them to play in my life beyond what it used to be, which was maybe getting together like three times a year for dinner or drinks and catching up. Cause like, that's nice, but it's also really nice to just have a more, a deeper connection where you can call and say, Hey, how did that meeting go yesterday at work? Or did you go on that date? What happened instead of getting the like highlight reel from the last six months. And so creating your own rule book for relationships is your chance to decide like who stays and who goes. And for the people who stay, what does that mean to you? And this, this also goes for like romantic relationships, you know, and how much time you want to spend together and how do you want to spend that time? And it's really fun, you know, to be able to design it yourself. And I've, I've been really enjoying it this year. And uh, I think I, I just wanted to put it out there as a, Another way to be awesome in 2022 is to show up in the relationships that really matter to you and don't be afraid to let the ones go that maybe aren't serving you and maybe aren't even serving them, but you feel like you have to continue for some reason. So I have had to break up with friends, which is just as hard as breaking up with someone I was dating. Um, But I always find that even though it's painful, it's good to be honest and it's good to clear things out that aren't serving anymore. And If that sounds scary to you, that's okay, because it is. (laughs) It's totally scary. (laughs) But it's not a reason to not do it, right? Like, we do things even if they are scary, even if we're not ready, because that's the only way you can move forward is by taking that action. So I just wanted to give you that permission if if there are any relationships in your life that you're feeling like you don't want anymore. Don't be afraid to say, I think I got what I needed here. And it's time to move on because that's how life works. So that's number three on the list. Create your own rule book for relationships. Number four, think of one thing you want to do that gets you excited and start doing it. Okay, I just need to go back to the breaking bad thing for a second. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you to to cook math. Don't worry. Um, One of the analysis that I read on someone's website the other night was about how one of the main characters was living a fantasy life while the other main character was living a creative life. And it was one of the most interesting reviews of a TV show or book or anything I think I've ever read because of the way that she pulled out examples of the fantasy life versus the creative life. And in the fantasy life, you're always thinking of all these things you could be doing. You're always imagining what your life could become if you did X, Y, and Z. And yet, you're not doing any of those things because it's a fantasy. But when you live in a creative life, you are actually taking the steps to making the life that you want to have or working towards that dream that you've been thinking about and making it real. If there's anything you've been thinking about wanting to do for a long time, like just start doing that one thing. And the reason I say one thing, and it's because I've made the mistake, I don't know, a hundred times of starting 14 new things at the same time (laughs) and then and then nothing really moves forward because I get overwhelmed by all the things. So just picking one thing and it can be really, really small, like writing in your journal every day. It could be like, I don't know, if you wanted to design clothes, you could just start working on one tank top. You know, if you wanted to learn how to bake, you could just make cookies, like keep it really simple. Give yourself an easy entry point and just start doing it. And even if it sucks, or you're bad at it, or it's not what you thought, 
Who cares? It's just an experiment. It's a little adventure you're going on. I've always wanted to be a stand-up comedian, and I did a little bit of stand-up comedy, like, I don't know, um, eight or nine years ago, and was like, oh, wow, this is a whole thing. Like, if I was going to do this, I don't think I could also do public speaking, because there's so much here. And then I was like, wait, these are very similar. (laughs) Maybe I could sort of be a stand-up comedian who does public speaking. So I've tried to integrate a lot of jokes into my public speaking uh, workshops and keynotes and stuff. And so that's been really fun over the years, but I have not done public speaking in almost two years. Like, you know, the real kind where you're standing on a stage in front of people. So I've just been thinking about jokes. And so my like one thing that I'm working on that I'm excited about is just writing jokes for an imaginary stand-up special that may or may not ever happen. But what that does is it starts to help me to reframe situations from a humorous standpoint instead of fear or worry or thinking about all the things that could go wrong. You know, kind of like what I was saying when I watched the news, it's like, oh my God, like doom and gloom everywhere. But now when I I think about the jokes, it's like, well, how could I reframe this as something that I could like laugh at or that the world would find humor in? And that's a really cool way of going about life. Every time something happens, like there are probably 200 things that happen in a day when I'm watching my two-year-old that any mom in the world, any parent in the world could relate to and probably laugh at. And so when I'm getting really frustrated and I'm just like, oh my God, will you just lay down? Will you just eat that bite of whatever? Um, I'm like, you know, there's something in this that's funny. I'm sure it's in there somewhere. (laughs) And it really helps me a lot. So number four is to think of a thing you want to do that gets you excited and just start doing it and just see what happens. And you know what? In two weeks, if this gets boring and I'm like, oh my God, this has become a chore to try to think of jokes, I'm done. I'm just done. And I'm not a failure for being done. I'm not necessarily quitting. I'm just done. And then I move on to a new thing. And that's the creator's life versus the fantasy life. So you get to decide which one you want to do. And I think taking action is the creative life. Number five, challenge your own beliefs. This is a big one. (laughs) And if you follow Adam Grant on Instagram, he has a lot of posts about this, about like not, you know, getting so entrenched in your own beliefs that you aren't open to hearing other possibilities, other outlooks, other, you know, um, research that might contradict what you already think. And there are two entities, I guess, that I've followed this year that I felt really opened my eyes to a lot of, I guess, BS that I was kind of following. (laughs) So one of them is a podcast called Maintenance Phase. If you haven't listened yet, I highly, 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 highly recommend it. Maintenance Phase. And I listen on Apple Podcasts. They're probably on all the different platforms. But they debunk things that are in the in pop culture around things like diets and talk, you know, um, fasting and toxins and sleep and obesity and a lot of things around health. And they try to figure out the history, like how did we even get here? Why do we believe what we believe? Who are the major players who got us to think this way? what's the truth. And it's just so fascinating to learn more about how we've all adopted these mindsets and why, and how is it actually helping us? And the hosts are hilarious and they have great chemistry and they do a ton of research. And after every episode, I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) 
thinking? <laughs> what was I thinking? And I think the biggest takeaway from that podcast is like, just because someone has a best-selling book or because someone has a platform of millions of followers does not mean they know what they're talking about. And I think sometimes I've gotten wrapped up in the sensational element, the um, the brand of the person, the flashiness of their videos and things like that, that I've missed. I've, I've stopped trying to you know, be skeptical of what they're saying and just bought into it. And so being able to challenge my own beliefs around a lot of these topics by listening to that podcast has really changed my mind about a lot. And I'll, I'll tell you one thing, the, the main underlying feeling I get after every podcast is relaxed because a lot of the advice we get makes me feel so tense and like stressed out. Like what if I'm not having eight glasses of water a day? And what if I don't sleep for eight hours a day? And what if I don't take 10,000 steps? What happens if I don't? It's like we have so many prescriptions around how to quote unquote be healthy that in the end of the day, it's like just creating more anxiety and fear because it's like, what if we don't do that? Are we gonna get cancer tomorrow? So anyway, that podcast is great for just being able to think about like, what do we really care about? Like, where do you wanna put your energy and attention? And um, and where we can just relax, like just chill out. <laughs> um, the other really great um, entity that I've been following is Food Science Babe on Instagram. I used to follow Food Babe. I think that, yeah, Food Babe. And she would compare products like ketchup in the U.S. versus ketchup in the U.K. and ingredient lists and how we had so much more high fructose corn syrup and artificial colors and salt and stuff added to our foods. And she would talk about these different um, things like, you know, goldfish that little kids eat and the ingredients and how they mess with you. And every time I looked at her post, she's one of those people who I'd always just go like, oh, my God, this is like every company in the world is trying to kill us. All the conglomerates are just out to like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> kill our children <laughs> and it was it, it just put me in a really negative place but food science babe debunks a lot of that stuff with actual science like she's a chemist or she she has a real um, background in doing the the work not just sort of comparing labels and then drawing her own conclusions and so she talks about like the are there actual dangers in canola oil or are we just being told that? And she compares all kinds of foods. So what I really love about these accounts is like they take a lot of the stuff that's put out into the zeitgeist about what we should be afraid of, what we should be avoiding, what could be killing us and just tells the truth about it. So she doesn't, I mean, her agenda is really just like public service. I don't think she's really selling any products other than just like herself as someone you should maybe listen to because she's got a different perspective. So that's number five for being awesome in 2022. Challenge your own beliefs. Number six, stop hating on yourself. I don't know exactly what shifted for me this year, but I kind of stopped, like I said earlier, like I stopped thinking about what's wrong with me and just started thinking about like what matters to me. And that is such a significant shift in energy and everything to just go from like, oh my God, I need to get, I need to go to therapy. (laughs) I need to like read another self-help book. I need to take another class to learn how to manage my life. I need to go to a couple's therapist and instead just go like, well, what really matters? Where do I want to put my attention? And so that is one way that I have stopped hating on myself. And I've also uh, just come to realize I'm actually really cool. (laughs) 
I think I'm really cool. And I think I'm really fun. And I think I'm really interesting. <laughs> and I don't, I don't think we're supposed to say those things about ourselves for some reason. But I was like, should I just make a t-shirt that says I'm really cool and just wear it everywhere? Because <laughs> that's another thing I love doing is making clothes and or altering clothes. So I may make a t-shirt. And if you see me somewhere wearing that, just be like, hey, good job. Because, you know, I really feel like I'm doing a great job. <laughs> So I think what I would say to you is if you are hating on yourself a lot, create your own methods to try and achieve on hating yourself. One thing I did was I started looking at my actions and reflecting on what I say and do in order to recognize that I'm I'm really a good person and I have a lot to offer. And I think I spent so much time like focusing on my mistakes and focusing on what I should have said instead of what I actually said and any goals I hadn't accomplished that I, I just totally missed all the goodness that I was putting out into the world. And even if someone would send me like a nice thank you card from, you know, like a, a talk I gave or a client that I worked with, I would read these nice words and be like, oh, that's nice. And just like move on with my day. Like it didn't even happen. But when I tried to start thinking about me being a good person and I went back and looked at a lot of those thank you cards, I'm like, this should have been obvious a long time ago. <laughs> like, these Nobody sits down to write a thank you card to someone they don't like. No one writes a thank you card to someone that they're not grateful for. But for some reason, I just sort of like let all of that stuff just kind of slide by without really sitting and feeling the like amazing feeling that should come from those words. I'm, I'm just starting to kind of be better about loving myself and and noticing when I'm beating myself up and like it's cold right now you know it's December and so like I love to take Max my son outside for walks and we go to the park a lot but it's been pretty cold so we don't go outside as much and there's a part of me that's like you're being a terrible mom you guys are watching we're watching tv we've been watching tv for an hour his brain is melting (laughs) he's he's gonna be a um one of those kids who's just zoned out all day long. And like, I start telling myself all these stories about being this terrible mom. And it's like, actually, um, maybe we'll watch TV for five more minutes and then we'll go do something else like a puzzle. It's okay. You know? And like, it's just a lot of sort of reprogramming. Um, also I was out with friends for dinner a couple of weeks ago. And one of them was saying she's 40 like me, that she's been trying to lose weight since she was a teenager. And I knew that, like we've had this conversation several times, but she really like kind of talked about the longevity of this quest and how it's been on her mind since she was 15 years old and we're 40 now. And she said, I just want to stop thinking about my weight. I don't want to feel like I'm not pretty because I'm, I'm not at my ideal weight. And she said last year she lost 10 pounds doing the keto diet. And even though she was her thinnest she had been since college, she still was like, I'm not thin enough. I need to lose 10 more pounds. And she's like, I realize like I'll never be thin enough because I just always believe that I'm a fat person. So no matter what I do, it's not going to work. And, and she said, I'm just sick of hating my body. And she's like, do you hate your body? And I said, and I actually, I don't hate my body. But sometimes I hate myself. And she's like, I guess it's one or the other. (laughs) I was like, fuck. Jeez, like we are doing such a number on ourselves, believing these like stupid stories about who we need to be or what we need to look like in order to just like 
stop hating ourselves. And, and so I drove home that night just thinking like, man, my 80 year old self, like I just tried to imagine myself being 80, looking back at my 40 year old self thinking you had the world in your hand. You were, you had everything figured out. Not, you know, obviously not everything figured out, but like you had the education, you had the experience, you had the relationships, you had this, you had the energy and the focus and the mental capacity and all these things that you could be doing. And you believed that you weren't good enough the whole time. And I just wish you could have believed you were good enough because you could have, life would have felt so much better, you know? And so when I think about it from that perspective, I think about it like not only for the mental piece of it, but also the physical piece of accepting our body. Like our 80 year old self is going to look back on our 40 year old self and be like, damn girl, you had it going on. <laughs> you should have flaunted it. <laughs> so I just, I want to put that message out there. Like if there's any part of you that you don't like, just embrace that part of yourself and just love the shit out of it. Cause it's awesome. And if, if you're like, you know what, I could really work on that. Great work on that, but you're not a bad person if you don't already have it figured out. Okay. Okay. So that's number six. Stop hating on yourself. This is one, just one more way to be awesome in 2022. Number seven is really get to know yourself. This requires more than just like knowing your preferences for how you make your coffee and your favorite TV shows and things like that. But I noticed about seven months ago that I had moments in my month where I felt like super high energy to the point where I was like, okay, so I'll vacuum and then I'll mow the lawn and then I'll clean the windows and then I'll do the laundry. And then, and it was like, 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 I was the energizer bunny, you know, like I could just go and go and go all day long. And at the end of the day, my heart would be racing and I would just be like, is there anything else I could do? <laughs> like, and I felt like manic for a whole day. And then I also noticed there was a lot of insomnia around that time. And there was like a lot of anxiety, which I think the, all the activity was my way of trying to like kind of move that anxiety through my body. And I also noticed feeling a lot of like self-criticism. And so I started writing all this down with the dates. And then I started writing down when I got my period. And I noticed a theme that every month, the week before my period, I would do this. I would become sort of manic for a day. I would, I would become um, impulsive and also pretty confrontational with people. Like, and I would start to believe things about the people in my life. Like, believe that like so-and-so hates me so-and-so doesn't really want to be my friend and like and then as soon as my period would show up I'd be like oh I think that's fine <laughs> and like after six months of that I thought this feels stronger than PMS this feels like another level and so I started doing some research and I figured out that there's another thing called PMDD which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And when I read all of the symptoms, I was like, that's what I'm going through every month for a week before my period. Every month. I, that's exactly it right there. And I went to see my doctor and I told her everything and I showed her all my notes from the last six months. And she was like, yeah, that is what you have. And I felt like a detective of myself. Like, you really want to know yourself? Like, write stuff down. Write down the symptoms you're experiencing throughout the month. Mental health, physical health, 
everything and start to really like look at any themes that are showing up, look at triggers, look at when your highs happen, when your lows happen, what's making those things occur. And once you can see it, it's like so empowering because now that I know I have PMDD, I can manage it. So my ex, Max's dad, uh, he and I are now working out our relationship and getting back together, which is awesome and exciting and terrifying. But uh, last week was my PMDD week and we were supposed to have a big talk and I called him and I said, I don't think we should have this conversation tonight. I'm not in a good headspace. I'm probably gonna instigate a fight and I'm not gonna be open to much of what you have to say. So I think we should put it off. And he said, okay, I appreciate you telling me that. And so we didn't have the conversation. And that that phone call felt like six months in the making. Like I had to do all the research leading up to that conversation to understand what was happening in my body and in my mind in order to know that if we had that talk, it was going to be disastrous. <laughs> and like once I knew that, like I said, I felt so empowered and I felt so clear about myself and about my hormones and about my cycle and about my body. And it was like, this is now I know like that week I need to not have any important life-changing conversations. I need to be careful about who I spend time with because I may be negative. I may be difficult to, to, to deal with. I also know I'm going to be in, I'm going to have insomnia. So I need to make sure I don't book too many really like complicated days in terms of like mental capacity and um, just be easy on myself. So this time around, now that I know about the PMDD, this month was so much easier because I saw it all coming and I could work with it and I could just like, just manage it, you know? And that's an amazing thing. So I think really getting to know yourself is a great thing for being awesome in 2022 in whatever way that means to you. So I'm gonna continue to keep learning about myself, but um, I think for some people getting the diagnosis of PMDD might feel sort of devastating. It might feel like embarrassing. I don't know, but I felt like, oh my God, I finally have an answer. And this is so exciting. And so this is also a sort of public service announcement to you. If you have those kinds of symptoms around your period, please research PMDD. It's like, I had never even heard of this before. It doesn't affect that many women. And so I've never had a doctor tell me about it. I've never heard a friend talk about it. I've never heard it mentioned anywhere in anything I've ever read. So I also want to mention it. If you're having any of those symptoms, maybe look it up because it's a life changer to, to know what's happening. <laughs> um, the eighth way to feel awesome in 2022 is to speak up. I know you're shocked given that this is a podcast about speaking, but I continue to learn how to speak up every year. And as I've said many times on this podcast, I'm a trained public speaker, but I'm not really trained at speaking up. They're two totally different skills. One happens mostly in one-on-one -on -one relationships and one happens on a stage in front of 22,200 people. So it's a very different plan <laughs> and it's a very different kind of way of communicating. And I have to say, I've spoken up more this year than any other year and it feels great. It's, and, and the more I do it, the less scary it is. And I had a friend speak up to me the other day and I was like so proud of her. And she had been holding on to this feeling about an interaction we had two years ago. And she told me how she felt and she said she was still carrying it around and she wanted me to know. And 
all I could feel was like gratitude and all I could feel was like pride. Like I was so proud of her for saying how she felt and feeling like she respected me enough to tell me that. And that I like was proud of her courage and her honesty. And so speaking up for yourself is important, but it's also important for the relationship because the other person can feel so much more connected and recognize this is important because you're putting yourself on the line to say it. And I have to say, like a lot of times I spoke up this year, I was met with that same kind of support and understanding and patience and love that I was able to give my friend the other day. As much as you can, telling the truth, you know, and really like saying what's important to you and when you've been hurt and when you feel misunderstood, it does a world of difference. It really does. Uh, Number nine is forgive yourself. I've made a lot of mistakes, like a lot. (laughs) And some I wish I could take back and others made me a better person, so I'm grateful for them. But the ones I wish I could take back were hard to forgive myself for, and um, I still have. Because I know that this is important. At that time, I was doing the best thing I could. I was making the best decision with the information I had then. And that's a really important sentence to remember anytime you make a mistake or anytime something doesn't go your way and you wish you could go back and do it differently. Chances are you were doing what you thought was best with the information you had at that time. And anytime that is the case, it's time to forgive yourself because you couldn't have made a better decision given with given what you were dealing with then. So I hope you will forgive yourself. And if you need to make a list of things that you need to forgive yourself for and then rip it up or whatever, I highly recommend it. It feels so good to just let stuff go because you're not going to be able to change the past. Number 10, <laughs> love what you love. I have a confession to make. I learned this year that I love cleaning my house. (laughs) And there is a little part of me that's still like, seriously, that's what you're going to talk about right now. (laughs) But I do. I love, I love cleaning. I love vacuuming, especially. And I know I've talked about my vacuum on the podcast before. If you like love the feeling of a job well done and you love to see the outcome of your work, get a clear cylinder bagless vacuum where you can see all the stuff you just sucked up and before you throw it in the trash it is one of the most satisfying things in the world <laughs> i just vacuumed yesterday and as i was putting as i was opening the cylinder to put the stuff in the trash i was like wow we don't even wear our shoes in the house how is there so much sand and hair and whatever this is just incredible <laughs> every time <laughs> so i've just come to realize that cleaning is really enjoyable. I I like the idea of like making something look nice. I like organizing my house. I like doing dishes. I know, I know, I know. I know I just said I like doing dishes. I love cleaning. I love making lists of meals I'm going to make for the week and grocery shopping. I don't know. I'm just like kind of becoming a person who's just got some simple interests. And I also love yard work like raking and lawn mowing and gardening i just find all of it so fun and uh i think when i was younger i probably would have been really embarrassed and probably not even able to fully admit to myself that i liked cleaning because it just didn't seem like something that i don't know i I would want to like (laughs) but now i realize i really like it and so i I think that the the tidbit i want to offer you is 
it's a gift to yourself to know yourself and to love the things that you love and to just fully embrace those things. I think I love that I find joy in life's little tasks. So I hope whatever it is that you might be resisting or not even noticing you love, you'll take some more time to see how you feel while you're performing those tasks. And maybe you'll notice, you know what, I actually really like dusting my house or doing laundry or folding laundry. I think it's all pretty relaxing and kind of nice. So on your road to becoming awesome, we're continuing to be awesome in 2022. Just love what you love. Number 11, we only have two left. Have a community of women around you. You know, I have, I have several communities of women around me. One being Speaker Sisterhood, which is the network of public speaking clubs and the members who are part of those clubs and the club leaders and past members. And just there have been so many women involved in the organization that I've met over the last five years who have changed my life, who continue to change my life, who have been sounding boards, who have kept me in line when I needed it, who have given me great ideas and connections and invested in my vision. And that has been such a powerful part of me feeling supported in my decisions and in my life. And then I also have a community of friends outside of Speaker Sisterhood who are women, who are moms, who are family members, who are old friends. And I don't think I really valued our friendships as much until the last couple of years. I think becoming a mom made me really realize like, wow, a lot of other women have gone through this. <laughs> a lot of other women are really powerful and strong. And uh, I don't know if I really like valued those life experiences as much as I do now. We really need other women. We really, really do. And We need to be heard in our life experiences by other women. We need to listen to their life experiences and we need to have each other's back and really support each other and and be there for each other as much as we can because it does make a huge difference to have that support system in place. And if you don't have a community of women, join Speaker Sisterhood. It's like a built-in family. It's really, we really are a sisterhood. Um, And is see if it's for you. And also in your own community, see if you can join different groups or get to know your neighbors. It's so, so critical. And it's so important to just have community, especially women. Number 12, and this is hearkening back to the beginning of the episode where I talked about codependence. Stop trying to make everyone else happy. And I'm not saying like, don't take care of your family or don't like connect with people because they're important to you. But notice when you're trying to make someone happy versus when you're showing up for them because they matter to you. And they're, it's totally different. They're two totally different things. And the intention behind it is what really matters. Cause when you're trying to just people please all the time, you're shutting your, your own desires and needs off. But when you're connecting with people in a real way and letting them know they matter to you while also supporting and respecting yourself, that's when real relationships can build. And that's when you build real self-confidence. And that's one of the biggest things I learned this year. I think I spent a lot of time trying to be liked and trying to be um, there for everybody that I started, I abandoned myself a lot. And this year I've learned you don't have to abandon yourself to be there for others if it's genuine and you really care and you want to be there for the right reasons. And that means for me, having fewer relationships like that and showing up with real integrity. 
and um, it's made a huge, huge difference. So if you are someone who struggles with people pleasing or puts all of your time into making everyone else happy and then at the end of the day just feels drained and empty, I'm talking to you. (laughs) And I hear you and I see you and I understand. And it doesn't have to be like that. So that is my list for 12 ways to be awesome in 2022 on my episode 200. I'm celebrating myself today. And uh, yeah, I watched... And just like that, in my bed at 9 o'clock this morning while eating popcorn and drinking hot cocoa. So that was part of my celebration. (laughs) And it was awesome. So if you have any ideas or things that you want to add to the list, just to send to me and say, hey, I was thinking about this and wanted to send it along, I would always, I always love hearing from you. So you're always welcome to email me at Angela at SpeakerSisterhood.com. We'd love to hear what you think about the list and your own learnings. So, uh, I guess that does it for me. This is going to be the last episode of this year. I'm going to take a little break and come back in a little bit and probably in January and, um, we'll pick up from there. So I hope you have a wonderful holiday if you're celebrating and, uh, yeah, make some wishes for 2022. Bye for now. I hope you loved today's show. If you did, a great way to say thanks is to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It takes around 30 seconds and it's a great way to say thanks. My music was created by Kelly Vogel and the show is produced in the Glitter Closet in Western Massachusetts. Well, that does it for me this week, my friends. As always, stop waiting, start creating. See you next time.